Okay, so... <clears throat> I just woke up from... Another interesting vision. And in this vision... It was just like... I was in this home, in this house... That looked like a few houses I've lived in before... But just different, and it was the the neighborhood looked similar to neighborhoods I've lived in before, but different. And I saw my brother, and I saw his friend that he used to hang out with as a kid. Always used to run around with. And they were just running around doing stuff, and then it was another kid that just reminded me of one of his friends, like one of the people he probably would have hung out with as a kid. They were running around just doing stuff, and. I remember I had so much snacks and so much candy and a, a bunch of stuff in my room with me and money. And I was just chilling in my room. And then I saw, like, it was like we were sharing our house with this. No, not sharing our house, but our neighbor. Our neighbor who was very close or near to us, like, was there. So I was ordering food, like Uber Eats and stuff. And one of my complaints or one of my failed payments for my, my like, order caused somebody to lose their job. Caused somebody to, like, go without. But she was talking about how, no, that's okay because I got, you know, this opportunity you know, and everything's working out for me. I don't have to worry about delivering McDonald's and stuff like that. And all I know is, you know, I feel, I didn't feel bad at first. I really didn't feel bad, which I knew that I'm like, I'm still going to have to deal with that. Like, because that's something I do and I don't consider the severity of my actions that's still stealing in a way that's stealing and it's lying and it's being dishonest even though you know I pay I, I end up paying them like I usually end up paying them the money if I fail a payment but like I know I have my ways by myself and you know it's still stealing so it counts and, like, it was just, like, being faced with the person, one of the people who was, who, was, who was dealing with that. And me, honestly, personally, I felt like that's the company's problem because they're supposed to accept all liabilities with every order, that being their company. But regardless of who it is, whether it's the company or the, or the actual direct individual who was affected by it, it's still, I'm still responsible for not paying for, you know, something, some food I had. So if I'm going to be 100% honest, you know, this is not always why, because I, like, you know, I, I think I've gotten a little comfortable, but the reason why I was not paying for my food or had issues with that was because Excuse me. 
everyone around me is being used. And you might say, how does that even have anything to do? Well, they are a lot of times playing with my order. They're playing with my food. They're playing with my money. They play with my time. And they're just playing. And I'm like, I'm not paying for this. I'm not paying for this because if I got to sit here and eat and why eat, all I hear is you talking about what you allow, what you allow somebody to do on the way here with my food. You let somebody spit in it. You let somebody eat off of it. You let them, like they did something to my food. And the entire time I was waiting on it, I had I didn't have nothing but anxiety about what was happening to my food and what was being done to it because there's somebody who has it out for me so much that they will really go to those lengths. They do not, like, and I, and I know it's people like, they're lying. You don't know that for sure and you can't prove that. And then I've just had so many different experiences that really have, like, shown me like while they might be lying while they might be you know playing like they're not above that and regardless it's the anxiety and it's the stress that that's even connected to it at all like I shouldn't have to worry about that with my food do other people have to worry about that is that what other people have to deal with when they order food from DoorDash? Yes, maybe you might worry, like, I don't know what's going on with my food from here to there. But you don't actually have anybody around you antagonizing you. I'm going to have somebody spit in it. They're spitting in it. And they're making spitting noises and all kinds of stuff. And like I said, you could say they could be lying. And, I, and I, most of the time, I don't know. Maybe they're lying. Maybe they're telling the truth this time. You know, I got to trust God both times, regardless. But... You know, still, like, that's that's a lot to deal with. And then you're paying for it with your money. And nobody's giving you any money. They're not even letting you make money. When I'm out here trying to start a business, I go and try and do hair. And I'm trying to build my business. And every single client that I get, they are controlling and sending. Every single client I don't get, they're controlling and sending. They brag daily or brag the entire time about how I'm not going to make no money here. You're not going, you won't get a dime here. Or I'm going to control who does and does not see your posters, does and does not see your posts about hair, does and does not even book you. And so every single client that I'm getting, I'm realizing like, has something to do with this. Nothing is outside of it. Like they're all being controlled. Everybody is involved and it's frustrating. So I'm definitely not trying to make excuses for myself because when it comes down to it, you know, when I talk to God, when I, you know, see God and I have to talk about everything that's going on, he knows what's going on. He knows what I'm dealing with. He see all this stuff happening. He placed me in this situation. He sent me here. He made me who I am and he sent them and showed them who I am. So God knows and so that means that there's no excuses after that. I can't really tell him nothing he don't know. When it comes down to it, I just have to rise to the occasion and do whatever it is that's necessary and take whatever that come with that. So that means like, just because they are playing over your money, playing over your resources, playing over your life and making it impossible for you to kind of like do anything does not give you an excuse to still sin. It doesn't. It really doesn't. You still have to, if anything, that's more of a motivation to move forward and stop sinning. That should be more motivation to do what you're supposed to do. But, like, 
I'm only human. And when you're actually in that position, honestly, I don't feel like it's so such a big deal. Like, not it don't seem like it's such a big deal. I'm saying like you treat it like it's not a big deal, or it might feel like it's not a big deal. Like overeats or money or business or any of these things may not seem like such a big deal for somebody or anybody's life, but it's like just dealing with this stuff, dating and going through this stuff all the time for however long I've been dealing with this, like, I'm making mistakes, and I'm learning from them, trying my best to learn from them, giving myself space to grow from this, from these things, but, like, still, like, I've responded and reacted poorly, and I understand that, and so it affects people, and I understand that I'm going to have to deal with that later. I'm going to have to deal with the consequences of whoever it affected and whatever that comes with that. Like, I understand that. And I'm considering it, you know. I'm just hoping that I can ever become anybody at all so that I can, you know, handle that or deal with that effectively or consider that moving forward. Maybe I can, you know, the Bible says that you have to pay, you have to, anybody who steals has to pay back, work hard to pay back seven times over. And so I'm just like, you know, once I actually get to where I'm I'm trying to go and God brings me to, you know, God works miracles in my life and allows me to become somebody in a situation that was impossible, that, like coming from nothing with no, really no real, you know, opportunities, then that's when I'll make right on everything I did wrong. And I don't want to say it has to, I have to wait till then. I'm just doing whatever I can now and I can't really do much now. So when I can do something, that's when I'm going to do something. And I'm sure somebody say, you can do na- do something now. There's things you can do now. I do what I can. I do what I can. I cannot, you know, excuse me, I can't be perfect. I am not perfect. I won't say I can't be perfect. I can be anything God wills, but I'm not perfect. And I'm dealing with a lot for one person. Like, it's a lot of people who do not have to deal with this. It's a lot of people who are, you know, I just, I think about, like, you know, um, like, the kind of individual who would handle this differently. And the circumstances that they are probably in or face. I don't want to, you know, like I'm sure there's many different situations out here. Many different, you know, people and ways to handle the situation. So it could be somebody who is dealing with the same situation or maybe a worse situation or equally as bad. And they still handling it better, I'm sure. And I'm I'm aware of that. And I want to be a better person. I want to handle the situation better as well. But I just... Like I said, I make mistakes and I'm trying to grow. But as long as I'm trying to grow. And the frustration, another frustrating part about it is like, it's people who in my way who don't want to, who don't want me to grow. They don't want me to, they don't want to see me grow all day, every day. They're doing everything in their power to keep me from moving forward in my life. And I'm sure it's a lot of people who say, oh, that's an excuse. Nobody can stop you from moving forward but you. 
ultimately, yeah, but that doesn't stop the fact that you have to deal with all of the extra, you know, just attempts at stopping you from moving forward. This is why I need God. And nobody could tell me what it's like to be in my situation because the only thing that would make this situation easier, the only way that I would ever be able to survive in a situation like this in a, you know, maybe a more a way that that would be more validated by others or other people would agree with more would be to compromise. That is the only way. And since I cannot compromise, I'm automatically going to be disagreed with since I'm not compromising. And that has a lot to do with the fact that Satan is using people. But also, you know, people are just not going to see it my way. They're not going to see it that way. You know, and if they do see it that way, for how long? Because as soon as I am reaching for new heights with God and fighting for what God has for me and doing what I feel like God has intended, here comes everybody with their disagreements. And it's just, it's weird. It's like, I I was, I'm going to make a movie reference now, but I was watching a movie and I don't remember what movie it was, but, and it's a, this is a reference to a few different movies, but the matrix, I think the matrix is like this too, but it's a few different movies like this. But all I know is like the person is walking out into the world or walking out into a place or a business or anything that's like filled with people. And he, the person looks around and realizes that each and every single last person is being controlled. Each and every single last person, none of them are like this person. This individual is the only person who can think for themselves or do what they want to do or, you know, even see what's going on here. Each and every single last person, everybody else around them is being controlled. They can't control these people. And so it matters how they do things and how they respond to these people and how they act around these people. But at the same time, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Ultimately, you realize that. The person controlling them is the person you really have to go after, the person you really have to deal with or are dealing with. Because if this person press a button right now and say, hey, everybody attack, nobody is going to be like, well, I got an opinion on that. No, maybe I shouldn't attack or I don't really feel like I agree with that. No, each and every single last one of them are going to attack you all at once. They're being controlled. And so you can't have a real conversation with them. You can't expect to get through to any of them. There's even been different times in these movies where people have tried. They run up to people, hey, don't you see what's going on here? Look around. And the individual is like, says some sort of pre-programmed response. And you know that it's the person that's controlling everybody. So you, you realize there's no point in talking to anybody. There's no point in asking for anybody else's help. There's no point in even trying. No matter how original it feels like these responses are, they are not themselves. They are being controlled. And so, therefore, they're robots. They're like robots. And it's just no point. And so that's what I'm dealing with. That's what I'm faced with. That's what I, I realize is going on. Like, God has me in this battle, but the only person 
who the only ones who can see what's going on here is God, and he's giving me the sight to see. And the individual that is controlling everybody. And so, when I'm out in the world, and I'm being attacked by everybody at all times, all these different people all at once, and they feel like they know what they're doing, or they want me to believe that this is how they really feel, that this is what they decided to do on their own, that they're thinking for themselves, and I know for a fact that they are not. Because when I trace it back to the source, it's always the same individual using everybody against me. And I'll ask how this is fair on multiple different occasions. How is it fair to have the whole world against me? I have to fight the whole world because I have God. And he is in control of this world. And it's not me fighting, it's God fighting. So the only time that, you know, it feels unfair when I feel like, so why does it hurt so much? Why am I still being attacked? Why are they getting advantages over me if I have God then? If they don't really have the real advantage? Because they're lying, for one, to make you think that they have a real advantage. And two, when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, they don't ever have one. So the only time they truly have any type of advantage or is able to do anything or affect me in any way is when that's what God wants. God is in full control. So it's in a way training me and teaching me how, you know, to... Trust, depend on him and only him for any and everything. And I'm learning, but it's hard, like I said. And more than anything, like I said, if it's just one person controlling all of them, then that all equates to what that with the power that that person has. So it's not that they have more power. It's not that they're automatically... You know, every power, every little bit of power that each and every single last person on this earth has is added to their power. No. It's the same amount of power whether they use them or not. They just chose to use them because the illusion that it makes them have more power, the illusion that more people are on their side, is usually how they get to people. They, they hide behind lies. It's deceptive. But the truth that one God is more powerful than each and every single last person on this earth and this individual, anybody who will ever exist, have ever existed, and anything else you can add, is the truth of the matter. And he's not going to prove a point or do all the little, you know, put on a show like they're doing in order to prove to you that that is the truth. You just have to know it and you just have to understand that. And it's more of a battle book, a battle in your own self about trust, faith, and mindset and perspective understanding that just because it looks like it's more don't mean it is just because it's quantity don't mean it's quality like you have to grasp that in your mind because a lot of times it's not it's the lies it's just we're being lied to and believing them or fighting lies it's not the fact that it's more it's not the fact that it's better it's not the fact that they're winning it's not the fact that they're stronger it's not the fact that they ever even have an advantage or any of those things it's just that they make it look like they do and you battle with trusting what you already know and what you see and what they make it seem like and how you feel past what God has shown you, trusting God. So, or not what you already know, but rather who you already know, God. So that is the battle. And that's, that's what it all comes down to. Like I said, 
it's nothing changes. It's all it's all the same from Old Testament, New Testament to now. It's all the same. It's God protecting us, Satan doing his best to drag us down to hell, and us being humans that are susceptible to sin, susceptible to temptation, susceptible to you know, mistakes were not perfect. So it's the same thing. It's it's not it's good versus bad. Always. And it's a choice to choose. Each and each and every single last individual. So I'm not trying to contradict. I don't want anybody to feel like, oh well, it sounds like you're contradicting the fact that they're controlling all these people. You realize that I don't know if everybody realizes that in their battle. That's a question I have too. Do everybody face this at one point in their life? Where they realize how many people are truly being controlled by Satan and truly underneath a, somebody's control. Like, do everybody have their Goliath? And the thing is, yes. And ultimately, you do. Everybody does have to, at one point in their life, figure out which side they're on. And either way, either side you're on, you're still going to have that battle of fighting your mind and your heart. Always. Like, is it going to be, you know... Am I going to believe what I know and how I feel, follow my heart and what I think is right or what I think or the direction that I feel led and guided into? Or am I going to trust what I see and, you know, just the surface things, the things that, you know, only vain people care about? Am I going to go deeper than the surface? And everybody faces that in their life, period. But like I said, the depiction of more is not the actual reality of more. They're going to look like they have more. They're going to look like they're doing more. They're going to look like they're winning more. They're going to look like, you know, more is going on. And it's not. It's not. God has shown me that. So you have to be comfortable with that. But if you still have part of you that's, you know, still attracted or enticed or just attached to just looking like you got it or wanting to feel like you got it when you don't or just the depiction of a false reality, part of you is still attached to the lies. Part of you is still attached to the feeling of it even if you don't really have it even if it's not real part of you is still attached to satan and you don't thirst for the truth enough that you wanted to overtake your entire life and you wanted to live in your truth 100 percent with no lie and be free of the lies if you are not dedicated wholly to that then you are going to face that battle and it's going to be a it's going to be a uh you know it's going to be one it's going to be a battle you're going to have to deal with that and that's what God is showing me he's showing me that he's exposing that in myself he's saying I chose you because I feel that I've placed enough truth in you that you are going to choose the truth and you're going to make it out and you're going to end up on the right end I trust that he chose me. He knows me. He loves me. And he believes in me. But that doesn't mean I'm not still faced with the choice that I have. And battling 
whichever choice I'm not taking. I'm choosing the truth. More of, There's more truth in me than there is a lie. I thirst for the truth more than I am attached or, you know, am comforted by a lie. So the more I fight for that, the more I battle for that, the closer I get to that, you know, I have to detach from these lies. And it's not always as easy as letting them go because sometimes they don't want to let you go. And they're attached to you and they're stopping you or they're sabotaging you or they're, you know, playing tricks on your mind to remind you why you ever even believed them or were comforted by them in the first place. And what it would be like to truly never, you know, have that again. But like I said, you have to thirst for the truth and thirst for knowledge and thirst for God, love, real, more than anything else. That's the only way to survive. So I'm in the, I'm in this issue. Like I'm really I'm really at this place where I'm I'm afraid like I'm going to have to suffer like this for the rest of my life. I don't I don't doubt it. I really don't doubt that I I will have to suffer like this for the rest of my life. And maybe even alone. But I don't want Satan to play tricks on my mind and make me believe that I can't have a happy ending. It's just the issue of if God says that nothing in this world is, you know, of him, I have to choose him always. And I'm not being accepted by this world because I choose him and I'm always going to choose him. Then I have to accept and I have to truly consider that I may never, you know, be comfortable here. I may always be suffering for my entire time here. I have to be okay with that. And I'm considering it seriously. But it's like, it's so many different options. There's so many different things around me that's like, you know, just go. Just leave, you know. Get away from people who don't agree with the lifestyle you're living. Get away from people who is making it harder. Get away from me. But the issue is that, you know, God is calling me to stay. So how do I deal with that? How do I deal with every everybody around me showing me that they are not for me? They don't want me here. They don't care. You know, I could just leave. What am I still here for? And it's not serving me at all. Actually, it's hurting me. And I just... I just, I'm being disrespected. I'm not being shown any amount of respect at all whatsoever. Like, they're not even considering my life in the slightest. They don't care. Truly just treating me like I'm nothing to them. And I'm, that's, they might not just be treating me that way. That's just how they might truly believe I'm nothing. So, you know... Moving forward, my only option is to, like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to stay around people who always, who will never respect me and always treat me like I'm nothing and always, you know, sabotage me from being better? Keep me from doing everything I can and always be in the way and I always have to watch my back around them? Am I supposed to stay around individuals like that? Like God said? Or do I do what's obvious, what it feels like, you know, any logical person with any sense name mind or self-respect would do? 
abandon them in this entire situation and find people that are for me. And that seems like the simple, most obvious, logical solution. But the simple, most obvious, logical solution, if God ain't behind it, it, it just don't sound so simple or obvious or logical anymore. And you have to fight everything, everything you feel, everything you're, everything you believe in and everybody else with their opinions, no matter how much sense they make to your limited logic at the time. And trust what God said. So for me, it's like. God is not telling me that I won't ever have to not suffer like this. God is not even confirming that they will ever change. He's not confirming it. He's saying it's a chance. He's saying it's worth fighting for, whether they do or don't. He's saying that he loves us all regardless. He's saying that he's not going to tell me that for sure what was going to happen because that's for me to see once I be obedient and I complete this and I follow this all the way into completion. He's not confirming anything. Just that he's behind me. And that's the only thing he's confirming and that he told me he is telling me and guiding me on what to do. And he says, stay. And if every single time I've asked for him to move me, every single time I've asked to go, every single time I ask for a different situation or outcome, he never responds to that. He's not a God of confusion. No answer is an answer sometimes. Or maybe it's not. It's just no answer. But ultimately, what it comes down to is, you know, he was clear when he told me to come here. That was an actual answer. An actual answer was, I'm sending you here to do this. And just because I haven't got to stay every single time I ask him to move me, that means that still the original plan. Still stick to the original plan. So, I know that this is where he wants me to be. And it feels so unfair and sometimes I want to be upset. Because I say to myself, if this is truly where you want me to be, then you truly want me suffering like this. And you truly want me, you know, to be hurt in a manner I'm being hurt. But like I was saying in my episode before, God, his ways are not our ways. He knows what he's doing when we don't. And the small little bit of the picture or understanding that we have is nothing on the whole picture that he sees and the understanding he provides. So, and that he is. So, this may be an indication that every single part of me that's still doubting or worrying or frustrated about what's going on, though I'm human, I'm not supposed to be happy about all this persecution. I mean, I am because it's for the kingdom of God before it's in God, because it's in God's name. I'm supposed to be happy about this persecution. But when it really hurts, you know, it hurts. I'm only human. That being said, this is an indication of what has to go and what's going to stay and what's going to be placed inside of me. 
It's a journey. And I'm hearing like when God calls you to stay around people, that's because he's going to raise you up in front of the very people that tried to tear you down. He's going to set you up in front of the very people that never wanted to ever see you actually actually accomplish anything in this world or in his life. And did everything in their power to stop that from happening. But that being said, I don't know if I agree with that because I've asked God about that. I've sought his, I've sought his, you know, his word on his insight on that word. You have me here to set me up in front of everybody who tried to tear me down. And God said, honestly, just like, just like I immediately thought, shouldn't that be obvious? Shouldn't that be obvious? But that's not what the focal point is about. That's not what it's about. This is not about setting you up in front of everybody who tried to tear you down. And you know that your situation is unique. This is about saving all these very, all these individuals who are going off into the wrong path, who do not know who I am. This is about showing them who I am. This is about revising them. This is about anybody and everybody but yourself. That's what this is about. So it's not about you being set up in front of everybody. Of course, you're always... You know, I always get whatever I want from God. I'm very spoiled. I have a lot. I have everything. So it's not about me being set up. It's not about them taking everything. It's not about me getting everything. It's not about me. It's about them. It's about God. It's about glorifying his name. So it just, of course, when I heard that, I was like, I want to believe that, you know, because you're hurting and you're going through so much and everybody is bragging and mocking you and your fight and what you're standing up for, what you believe in. They don't believe in it. They're not taking you serious. They don't even think you matter and they play over you like you're nothing. And you want to believe one day. I know I'm going through all of this because it's going to come a time real soon that you, you're going to see me and you know, you're going to, you're going to have the opposite of reaction of what you have now. You're going to, you know, have to eat your words. You're going to have to see me set up with everything that you never wanted me to have and all this other stuff. And that's not the mindset or the attitude that God wants me to have. That's not what he's calling me to do. He's actually calling me to take the opposite route. Like, I may not ever have these things, and I still have to be okay with doing everything that's necessary to help you. Even you have to, even you get it. Like, even if I have to do everything in my power to help and see you have it, in God, of course, then I have to be okay with never getting it for myself. I have to be okay with knowing who God is and trusting him regardless. This is a next level mission. A lot of people are not going to be able to do this or see this happen or even accomplish this in God because because of selfishness. We have to take responsibility for our brothers and sisters. We have to be considerate and we have to understand what's truly most important and mean it. God is what's most important. And if you're not doing it just for the glory of him, just because he's worthy, not expecting anything in return, and actually understanding that you may not only not ever get anything, but you may lose everything and it never be replaced. It's not about the things. It's not about what you're getting out of it. It's not about you. So 
I have to say that I really have felt like for so long that scripture, um, the Psalm of David, no, scripture, David says, excuse me, the son of, the son of God will sit at the right hand of God and he will make thine enemies your footstool. And I might have messed that up a little bit. I feel like I'm tripping over my words, of course. But translation. Translation. Those who are against you will have to see you win. And it's going to happen right in front of them. And a lot of people hold so tight onto that scripture, hold so tight onto that very fact, and depend on it for motivation. There's nothing wrong with depending on God for motivation. There's nothing wrong with depending on scripture for motivation. There's nothing wrong with holding tight to any scripture ever, period. But it's just understanding that a lot of times that's not going to happen for you until you are 100% totally okay with that never happening for you, and you still do and act and worship God the same, no matter what. Whether you are getting that or not, if you're too focused on what you're getting out of it or the blessings or proving someone wrong or being set up somewhere high and nice and mighty and, you know, plush, you are not getting like you, you might not even deserve it. So I understand that and I see it, but and it's a process. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to be real, like. I've had to be honest with myself and really, truly consider, like, I really personally battle with that. Like, I do a lot of times want to be, you know, sitting somewhere nice with all my hard work paying off and everybody around me finally eating their words and all the all the sabotage, all of the hateful words, all of the assumptions I would never become anything or do anything in my life all of that stuff really meaning and being proven wrong of course of course I have that in my heart but if God said that's not my destiny I have to be okay with that I have to trust God wherever he's taking me wherever God says I land I have to accept that a hundred percent so if my dreams, my aspirations, and things I wanted so bad my whole life do not align with God's will, I have to release that. I have to let that go, and I have to align with God's will. And it's not that hard when I just love him and I just want what he wants, especially when you see he doesn't do nothing for himself, and it's everything is for you. And if you look around and you see all these different people, all these different situations, all these different possibilities on this earth, and God says that's not for you. You know that's for your protection. You know, you know, the possibility of what he's protecting you from. You may not know what he's protecting you from, but the possibility of what you could be being could what you could be getting protected from. Being protected from. You know to trust him. Because by all means, go go, you know, be a part of one of those situations that he's already shown you are not of him. 
by all means, be a part of one of those situations, you know, that you feel like it's better for you. But God is already exposed to you the different stuff that's going on, the different routes that other people are taking and what they are going through and where they're headed and what that consists of. So by all means, trust somebody outside of him and see where that lands you. So when God says something not for you, you just got to trust him. And that's just how I feel. So regardless of what I've seen or what I feel like I know, I don't know anything compared to him. He sees everything. I trust him and I love him so much that he even, you know, he's considering me enough to even warn me and tell me about these things. He sees who people are. When God said, let me show you the temple, my temple, that they're supposed to be using to worship me behind closed doors, behind a whole wall in a temple, a whole secret room nobody knew about, where the same priests, the same, you know, Pharisees, scribes, preachers, whatever, the same, the very same men, supposed to be men of God. Worshipping false idols, worshipping animal heads, sacrificing to these false gods in the temple of God. Behind the walls where nobody knew people came to worship God, to sacrifice to God, to offer to God. And they were behind these walls using the very same place to worship Satan. This is the world we live in right now. So if God says something not for you, it's not for you. If God says somebody don't look the way that they, you know, they're not who they appear to be, they're not, they not who they appear to be. If God say, you know, you're not, you may not ever have that, then you just may not ever have that. And what you do have might be pure and actually what it looks like. And then what you thought you wanted to have behind the mask or behind what it looks like, they are worshiping Satan. They are wicked. They are not who they protect, who they appear to be. So what would you rather have? And that's what I see myself facing. And it's it's devastating. And it's sad. It's, oh my gosh, it's sad. Because for so long, I've just been too accustomed to the way I've been living. And what's really like available to me and how I feel like it's okay to live the the things that the world makes it you know seem like it's okay to do excuse me and ultimately I know better I know better now. All of this stuff is way more dangerous than we ever want to know. We think it's so little, it's so small. Oh, that doesn't mean a lot. That doesn't mean anything. And don't even realize how quick, how fast, how much, how many of us are headed straight in, in hell's direction. With no point of return. Headed for destruction. Destruction. 